0: Broncos Cool
1: Broncos Country Let's ride with Touchdown Denver Touchdown Denver Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya Touchdown
0: Denver All right everybody welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver hosted by myself George Stoya of the Denver Gazette and my good friend Nick Ferguson Nick How was your bye week? Did you do anything fun? Did you Go on vacation, go to
1: Cabo, uh, anything like that this week? No, man, I didn't go to Cabo. Uh, I went out in the backyard and did some some gardening, uh, <laughs> even though I know we had some winter weather here, so it was all about you know trying to protect the plants as much as we can. Here's one thing I did do, because uh, yesterday was Daylight Savings, and I guess somehow I forgot about it. And my body just kind of woke up in this mad panic, like, hey, hey, I'm missing something. It was, it was sort of like, you know, when I play, and you had that nightmare that you were late for a meeting or a game. Man, I, I jumped up in a frantic panic, like, what's going on? I'm missing something. And I realized, oh, idiot, it's daylight savings. So you just got an extra hour of sleep.
0: Yeah, yeah. The extra hour was great. Um, I did not go to Cabo, Nick, this last week. <laughs> I went to Oklahoma uh, which is far from Car- Cabo, but it was uh, it was a good time. Got to see some family. Uh, caught the Oklahoma game while I was out there. They lost to Baylor. Uh, I did actually see a couple of Broncos there. Nick Benito and Delarian Turner-Yell were in town also uh, in Norman for the weekend. But uh, I had a good good week, and uh, it was it was a fun it was fun to take some time off. Nick, I feel like the bye week always comes at the right time, and for us, it was obviously like literally smack in the middle of the season. Uh, for the Broncos, and so it was good to to take some time off. But the Broncos didn't really uh, stay out of the news, or at least Mr. Russell Wilson didn't. That's where the Cabo joke comes from. Seems like he took a uh, vacation, which is not anything new. I mean, I feel like players always take some time off uh, during the uh, during the bye week. I don't know if they all go to Cabo, uh, but I, I don't know what was maybe your reaction to that.
1: Well, you know what? I, I didn't have uh, I didn't take issue with it, as uh, most people uh did because you know being a player when you whether you're doing well george or you you having some struggles like the, the broncos are having an offense to me you want to take time away that that's why the bye week is where it is and you hope as a player that it's re- at the midway point of the season because now it's it allows you to hit the reset button you have to get away from the city you have to get away from your teammates just kind of to kind of Go to a place, your hometown, like you, saw, you say you saw Nick Benito and Turner Yell, you know, in Oklahoma. Go somewhere else where you can come back with a fresh start because always look at the bye week like this. It's an opportunity for the coaches to go back and do some self-scouting. Players do that same as well, but getting away from the game so you 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 see in a different environment that makes you, you know, love what you do and makes you kind of come back saying, okay, well, now I know why I'm putting my body through everything I'm putting it through because I want to get a chance to go see uh, some friends. You may have gone back to your hometown, you know, ran into some of your old friends or even gone to your old high school. So to me, it was one of those things where you hit the reset button. But when you look at Russell Wilson, both he and his wife have done a lot of traveling. This is kind of what they do. Remember when uh, Melanie Hobson it was announced that she was one of the owners uh, with the Denver Broncos. Next thing, what did we see? I don't know where it was. It looked like it was in Tuscany, Italy or something. But we saw Melanie Hobson, George Lucas. Oh, by the way, you got Sierra and Russell, you know, in this photo. So this is something that's been customary to those, uh, you know, Russell and his wife. But I also add this, George. Remember, I think it was during uh, maybe training camp when training camp was winding down or something like that. And Russell and his wife were seen in New York courtside at Serena Williams last last match right so this is something that he customarily does with his wife and look I wish that I had the money that he has to be able to make these travels and go to these exotic places but I think man it's just a lot of uh, hate on this guy for you know him having the the the, I guess uh, the finances to take these trips so what do you think well I I think it's there's there's
0: two sides of it, right? Like I, I think one, like guys should be able to go take some time off on the bye week. I, I don't have a problem with that. Like I, I think that you're right, Nick. I, I think sometimes fans and maybe even media personalities get too too caught up in like, well, they should be studying film or they should be back at the facility getting better because they're three and five. And it's like, well, like at some point you need a break. And I think that, that the mental break like you talked about is is refreshing for a lot of these guys. Uh so I don't agree with You know, the people that are out there like they need to be in Denver staying focused during the bye week. Like, I think there's there's a real part of this game that can be taxing on you if you continue to do that. And again, when you get some time off, you got to take it. So I don't have a problem with that. On the other side, I think that some people are probably upset because he went to Cabo. uh, Like he could have gone somewhere else. But like it's I I don't I don't really have a problem with it, Nick. But I think that it's just it brings it back to like and you and I've talked about it. A lot. It's like it's no matter what this guy does, like they're going to pile on him. And at some point, like I don't know if Russell just has to like like stop doing some of these things, or what, how to get people to stop doing this, or you just have to fight through it. Like I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, Nick. But like this was just another moment for me. I was like, well, this is going to be a story for a week, you know, um, with with Russell. So and honestly, the the reality, Nick. None of it matters. If they go out and they beat the Titans on Sunday, then the narrative's over on on the the taking the time off on the bike. Now, if he goes out and he plays terrible, then people are going to point to that. Now, I don't think it has any relation to do with how he plays this week. Uh, I really don't. But, like, that's the reality that I, I wonder if Russell knows that, like him going to on a big vacation like this, which I think, by the way, it was Sierra's birthday, like, this last week. So that's probably why they ended up going on this type of a trip. But – Like, I don't think it has anything to do with how he's going to play on Sunday. But the reality is the people outside the facility, the people that don't know this team are going to point to that. It's like, you know, uh, wasn't it the Giants a few years ago where all the wide receivers were down to uh,
1: Miami? They were on a boat. Yes.
0: Yeah, the boat picture. And maybe there's some truth to that. I don't know. I've never been a believer in that. Like, I don't believe that, like, what you do on the bye week, unless you go out and you get, like, arrested – or you do something stupid, or you get hurt, or you're out, you know, partying a ton. Which I don't think Russell Wilson was partying. I think he was literally just like laying on a beach for a week. Like I, I don't know. But I, I don't know, Nick. I, I I'm kind of caught in the middle here. I feel like it doesn't mean anything, but at the same time, I probably wouldn't have gone to Cabo. Maybe I would have just like gone home somewhere or something. I don't know. Um, what, what do you think?
1: Well, I don't like think didn't that, answer that question at all. I'm just rambling. Well, <laughs> we have a lot of dense people uh, out there. And, you know, and they, they push a lot of uh, hyperbole. And right now with the team not doing well, it's the low-hanging fruit. What can we talk about? Think about, and we didn't really get into it uh, that much, but we could probably get in here uh, in a moment. When we look at what happened going into the Jags game, and then the Broncos were able to win that Jags game, and there was not – There was nothing negative to talk about from that game because they actually won. They got two turnovers defensively. Russ looked great, right? Latavius Murray was able to do some things. Melvin Gordon did some things, right? And then we saw KJ Hamlin, Jerry Judy get involved as well. So now it's like, okay, well, we don't have anything negative to talk about this week. So let's kind of wait to see what happened. Oh, TMZ gave us, you know, the heavens opened up and TMZ gave us something. To talk about it. it's not a big deal if a guy decides to go back to his hometown. It's not a bad thing, but the guy decides to go back to Cabo because let's keep this in mind. He has the means to be able to do it. And guess what? Whether he was celebrating his wife's birthday or they decided, you know what? This is what we wanted to do. When will a player be allowed to do something that anyone else in America would be allowed to do? Now, I know the idea is that, hey, it's during the season. He shouldn't go on a vacation. It's called a bye week for a reason the coaches can't do it so the players can not so i don't understand the big issue of about making this you know newsworthy other than the fact that hey he's russell wilson and we need some headlines to talk about george
0: well and i guarantee you like i i'm sure the people that were that read the story there was a picture of him um uh, on his laptop uh, uh on the beach i think by the pool or whatever and i i almost would would Guarantee you, Nick, that that was him watching film. Like, knowing that guy, and I don't just say that because I, I think he's actually truthful when he says he's constantly like watching films prepping. I guarantee you, at some point, he was watching film on that trip. And again, that doesn't make, you know, people feel better about the trip. I'm sure that the people that are angry about it, because again, I think the people that are angry about it are people that are just constantly angry about stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, I do think it's interesting. Like, if they're five and three and six and two or six and two or whatever then people probably don't have a problem with this, right? Uh, Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I think that part of it is, hey, you guys aren't playing very well, particularly you, Russell Wilson, uh, so I don't understand why you're spending your time off doing that when you should be, you know... Again, I I think people just want a reason to be mad, and like you said, Nick, it's the bye week, and so people are looking and grasping for storylines, and of course, TMZ putting that out is going to give them the biggest storyline of the week, so... I'm interested to hear what Russell Wilson says this week because people are going to ask him about it on Wednesday. Uh, I'm sure Hackett will even get asked about it today um, in his press conference, which, you know, I'll roll my eyes and we'll move on from that question. But I, I just I don't think it's a big deal. And again, people, no matter how he plays on Sunday, people are going to point to that. But Nick, let's let's quickly dive in before we have to take a break. Let's dive in though. You, you mentioned the Jacksonville game, and I thought Russell. Played pretty well. I mean, I thought he played well in that game. Uh, do you think that you can carry that momentum through the bye week, or if you're a player, are you you know mad that we you know that they can't build off that that win after the after the the game because you had to take a week off?
1: Yeah, having that bye week, it does kind of stifle uh, your momentum uh, just a little. But let's look, take a look at you know what was working for them. Like that first half, it, it wasn't looking great. Uh, the first drive, first couple of drives for the Broncos were not looking well. It, it looked like the same old Broncos penalty. You know, there's almost interception, and then there's the interception. So many things going wrong, negative for the team. But it just seemed as though going into that second quarter, and I think that's when they got their first first down, it was at the eight minute and 43 second mark. That's when we saw the, the offense in somewhat of a rhythm. And that was kind of like the first time we saw more of an up-tempo offense with Russell. Now, we saw it with uh, Brett Rippon, but this was the first time we saw it with Russ, and that, that's kind of the, the whole idea of letting Russ cook. To me, I think that that's something that you can build on coming out of the bye week and trying to implement more of, of that. Fast, up-tempo, quick decision-making, quick route running, uh, taking the pressure off your offensive line, so they they look they look great going into that second half, and we saw some people definitely step up. We saw KJ Hamler once again, and then we saw Jerry Judy. But I think the picture you know that framed it up for me. There was a photo of KJ Hamler on the back of Russ while Russ was doing the interview, and then you flash back several weeks and say, "Well, KJ Hamler then smashing his helmet to what we're seeing now." To me, it just seemed as though this is what the team is expecting. So I'm hoping that they will be able to kind of duplicate what we saw in that Jacksonville game.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, it feels like that game was like a month ago now. I don't know if that's just because that <laughs> the bye week was, you know, a good time to just get away, but it feels like it was a long time ago. But I think there's reason for some optimism, right? Like I think we saw the offense put it together when they needed to, uh, you know, that the drive at the end of the game was obviously a big one. The defense played really well. Um, you know now they're going to be out without Bradley Chubb moving forward which we talked about last week but I do think you know entering the second half of the season Nick this is the right foot you want to be on right like you want you're coming off of a win where the offense did move the ball at times yeah they were still you know going three and out and having bad penalties and and things like that but they were able to squeeze out a win over a Jaguars team that you know, beat the Raiders yesterday, who, my gosh, the Raiders are, you Mm -hmm. think the Broncos are a mess. The Raiders are a mess uh, right now. So um, be thankful for that Broncos fans. But, you know, I I think there is some reason for optimism in this team. And we'll dive into this a little bit later, Nick, is I, I just think that with nine games left, you know, I think they're two games back of the wild card, which, you know, you wish that you could be a little bit closer, but, there's a chance here you can make a little run. Uh, and Sunday's game is a big one because if you can beat the, a really good Titans team, uh, then then I think you can get yourself on the right path to, to pushing for the playoffs. So, uh, And I know people don't want to hear that. People have already counted this team out. But uh, I do think that there is some optimism after that Jaguars game.
1: Yeah, there, there is some uh, some optimism. And, and once again, it, it was refreshing for those guys to win that game. And I know they were really excited coming back on that flight. Uh, from London talking about, okay, well, if we continue to play on this type of level and we get some production from from our offense, forget about what happened at the first half of the season. We can now turn things around. Right now, that is the belief, but we have to actually see it. And one thing that I'm waiting for is I want to see what the coaches did with their bye week. What were they able to do? Obviously, they were not able to go to Cabo or even go to Oklahoma, like you said, Nick Benito and Turner yell, but what did they do on their bye week to kind of make sure that things pick up where they left off in London? That is something that I'm eager to see George.
0: Yeah. I mean, and even Nathaniel Hackett talks about that, you know, that he wanted to make sure that he makes some adjustments offensively play calling what they're doing uh, to execute better moving forward. And so maybe we'll see uh, them start to turn things around. Cause right now, Nick, they're still on pace to have one of the worst offensive seasons in franchise history. So I wonder if these last nine games, they can finally get something going on offense. Nick, we got to take a break, but after the break, let's dive into some more Russell Wilson talk and also talk a little bit more about this offense.
1: Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya.
0: All right, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and Nick, I want to dive into more uh, of Russell Wilson and, and not so much his bi-week festivities. Uh, I think that, uh, again, I just kind of shake my head and say, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, but I want to know, we talked a little bit about this team's expectations you know, in the second half of the season here. I want to talk specifically about Russell Wilson. What What do you want to see from him? Even if this team, let's say this team doesn't make the playoffs because right now I think I looked it up. It's somewhere around six or 7% that this team makes the, makes the playoffs according to 538.com. Um, Now, of course they could go on a run and make it, but let's just say, what well, it doesn't matter. What do you want to see from Russell the rest of this season that can maybe give you some optimism? Cause they're in it the, for the long haul with this guy. Like th- this guy's going to be here. He's going to be starting quarterback for the Broncos for a while. What do you want to see from him? That'll give you some optimism about this team, you know, in the future.
1: Well, it's it's kind of like both Russell and the team, you know, uh, writing their own script, like a Charles Dickens novel, like The Tale of Two Cities. So, the tale of two halves of the season. This is what I want to see them do. Just kind of scrap everything that happened before, almost like you know it didn't happen. Get one of those uh, you know uh, Men in Black pens, and they tell everyone, "Hey, look right here," and they just kind of zap you and just kind of forget about it, and just kind of move on. I mean, take what you did in that second half uh, of that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars and just try to expand on it. Once again, rhythmic quick throws and now trying to put in routes that accentuate the skill set of your players like Greg Dosage has emerged on the scene as the Broncos top tight end. Let's just say that. And he may become the Broncos top offensive weapon if utilized properly. So now throw to the tight end a little more. And it doesn't necessarily, George, have to be those scene plays. I love seeing them. I hate them as a defensive player because I watch other defensive guys just kind of give up a mass amount of yards. But keep that rhythm going with the tight end. Hopefully during the bye week they were able to put in more plays to kind of flex Greg Dosage out and take advantage of his skill set. But also now if you're Russell Wilson, the Broncos have aided you by bringing bringing in – a pass-catching running back and Chase Edmonds. Now, if Chase is in the game, dump the ball off to him and let him work. I mean, take the pressure off of yourself by, you know, playing in his West Coast offense, which is based on putting the ball in the hands of your playmakers and allow them to make plays for you. But this is where Russell, I want to see Russell definitely get better, but also just block out the noise, right? Don't worry about it. Go to the podium. Be the jovial person that you've been before. If you want to talk about something related to high knees, do it. If you want to talk about having Wolverine blood, do it. Whatever whatever you want to talk about, go ahead and do it. Don't worry about the people who are trying to squash you from a negative standpoint because Russell is a happy person. Keep that happy smile. And now go out there and, and take this game away from the tit- the Titans.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know um... – what he's going to say at the podium, he's always interesting at the podium. Uh, it seems like every time he speaks now, it's it becomes a story. Um, I, I want to see him do a few things on the field, Nick. I, I'm looking at his statistics for the season right now. Um, he's on base to have a career low in touchdown passes. He only has six touchdown passes through the first eight weeks, and his his previous career low, let's see here, is 20. So, uh, you know, I want, to, I want to see him try and get to 20 touchdowns this year. I think that if you can get to 20 over 20 – I'd say that would be a successful second half of the season. That means you're throwing about 14 touchdowns, you know, these last nine games, which is about around two a game, right? So I want to see that. I want to see him get it. Well, one, the Broncos offense just needs to get in the end zone more, right? Like they need to start scoring more touchdowns, scoring more points. The other thing here, Nick, that I think is really important, his completion percentage is 58.8%. That's the lowest of his career. I want to see that number jump up, get into the 60s, uh, like it has been throughout his career. So I, I, I want to see that connection. Like you mentioned earlier, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, we're making some plays. We haven't seen a whole lot of Cortland Sutton lately. Uh, maybe we talk about that a little bit later, but you know, it seems like he's starting to build a connection with some of these guys. And if he can build that, get that completion percentage up. Again, I, I know everybody's going to look at wins and losses, and we'll get into that later about maybe what we can expect their record to be in these last nine games. But I more so want to see Russell just continue to improve in this offense, get a grasp of it. I want to see Nathaniel Hackett, we've talked about this, continue to adjust his offense and his offensive play calling and what they're doing schematically, because I think we've had this debate of is it the chicken or the egg in terms of Russell Wilson or Nathaniel Hackett, who's the issue. Uh, I want to see them continue to work together to get better, because otherwise, Nick, if it continues to be like it was in the first eight games, then I think there's a chance that we're looking at another head coaching search, and we're starting fresh again next year with a whole new uh, offense and everything that they're trying to do. So uh, that's what you want to see, right, is you want to see continued progress. I don't know if it's going to result in wins all the time because I think that they've got a really difficult schedule when you talk about you still got the Titans, obviously. You've got the Chiefs twice, uh, a Raiders team that's not good, but you somehow can't beat them. Chargers are playing well. Uh, You know, I I think that – did the Chargers win yesterday?
1: Yeah, they won 20 to 17.
0: That's right. Yeah. So, you know, you're playing and you've got the Rams still who the Rams are not playing well, but it's going to be a difficult game on Christmas Day. So you, you've got a tough schedule down the stretch here. Uh, so I don't know how many of these results and wins, but I just want to see Russell Wilson improve on some of those statistics, like I said, and start scoring more points, because if it continues to be the way that it is, then Nick, I worry about them having to start fresh again next season.
1: Well, something you, you you said because you you mentioned you know Russell's completion percentage, but you also mentioned you know his his touchdown lows, which you said were twenty. Now, what if in the second half of the season we see this offense get into a rhythm? They move the ball down the field, but the touchdowns that you're talking about they're not plentiful because guess what? What you are suggesting is something that fans they they rally for, but they are still opposed to at the same time because. They don't want to see Russell throw the ball inside the red zone. They want to see him hand the ball off to running back. So so what if this second half of the season, George, kind of looks like Russell is moving the ball down the field. There is some rhythm, but inside the red zone, we have more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns. And the Broncos are winning. Does that now change or what do you think it would change is the perception of Russell Wilson and not throwing as many red zone touchdowns? Well, I mean, if they're
0: winning, it doesn't matter, right? Like, I think that 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 doesn't matter. And I think if they're also moving the ball, then his touchdowns are still going to go up, right? Like, I think he could have more long touchdowns. Maybe they're they're long balls to to KJ Hamler or Jerry Judy breaks free on some plays. Like, I I think that what you're saying is if they're moving the ball and they're getting the ball in the red zone, his touchdowns are going to go up. They might be rushing touchdowns, more rushing touchdowns by the end of the season, but eventually his touchdowns are also still going to go up. And I still think that, they're going to throw the ball. I know Broncos fans want them to hand the ball off in the red zone. I still think they're going to throw the ball quite a bit down there, uh, especially when you have a guy like Greg Dulcich, and, and I think he can really elevate this offense uh, in the second half of the season. I think we've already seen it through a few games, what he can do for this group. Uh, so I, I think that, yeah, Nick, if, if they're winning, then, yeah, I'm not going to take anything away from Russell Wilson and be like, oh, well, he has not thrown touchdown passes. If they're moving the ball and they're scoring points, I think that's the number one thing, right, Nick, is like, they're not scoring points like that. That's the issue. And if they find a way to do that, whether it's running the ball in the red zone, throwing the ball in the red zone, scoring long touchdowns, whatever it is, then I would say that's a success, right? Like it. that's the problem with this team right now. I think they're averaging around 15.4 points per game, the lowest in the league, uh, also the lowest in like a 62 year history of the franchise. Like that to me is where they've got to start doing it. I don't care how it's done. I'm just saying, I think Russell, you want to try and get, some of those touchdown numbers up. uh, And it it just basically because it makes you feel better, right? If he goes out and he performs well in these last nine games, if he's throwing one or two touchdown passes a game, you'd feel better about the way that this offense is moving and improving. Uh, And the completion percentage, that doesn't matter about touchdowns. I think that just needs to go up, period, because that shows, hey, we're starting to build some chemistry with some of these guys because I think that they've been not on the same page, and that's why his his completion percentage is
1: at an all-time low. Now, do you think when we look at the completion percentage numbers, that you know we, it's not really talked about that often, but I think it does play a, a role in what the numbers are. You know, with the Broncos being behind the chains on third third downs, they're constantly in these third and long situations because a false start, uh, illegal formation, or or holding, and for me, it makes it bad on Russell and Nathaniel Hackett because. There are not too many plays that an offensive coordinator has in their arsenal that can pick up a third and 15, and third and 12, third and 20, you know, constantly. So I'm wondering uh, with the percentages, if, if the third downs being behind the chains have somehow uh, attributed to the numbers of Russell Wilson not being that great from a, a completion standpoint. I think 100%. I think that, that all plays a factor in it. I think
0: it's also, Nick, we have talked about the drops this year. You know, I think when you look at completion percentage, obviously everything's going to be pointed back to the quarterback. The quarterback is always going to take blame for things. But when you look at completion percentage, it's as much on the wide receivers as it is on the quarterback. I mean, how many times have we seen guys drop open passes? Or maybe they're in the wrong spots. I mean, how many times have we seen Jerry Judy just not be on the same page as Russell Wilson? Now, I'm not saying that's just Jerry's fault. Maybe that's Russell's fault as well. But I think that 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 all plays into it. But getting behind the chains, yeah, because then all of a sudden you're forced to throw the ball further down the field than you typically would be, and that's why your completion percentage is is lower. So yeah, I, I think that th- I think that plays into honestly a large part of why the entire offense has not been very good. Nick is they're trying to convert third and eights instead of third and twos, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that that's the that's the issue with this team right now is they've got to cut out you know the pre snap penalties has, has continued to be an issue. Things like that, the you know only getting a yard on first down on a run play, you know uh, or uh, you know, two straight in completions and all of a sudden it's third and 10, you know, those sorts of things are the things that they have to cut out. And that's why I'm interested to see how Hackett maybe makes adjustments during the bye week. Because I, like you said, I don't think he was in Cabo. I think he was here in Denver and he was trying to figure out how can I make this thing work in the second half of the season? And again, I know everybody wants to pile on Hackett. I don't know if he's necessarily the biggest issue that this team has right now. I don't really know what it is, but I do think that he's calling plays that are open half the time and they're just not executing. So can he figure out during the bye week how to get a better execution out of the players and also how to get his offense where it is working to that you're not having these third and longs?
1: Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because usually during the bye week, it's a time to reflect, hit the reset button and teams do one of two things. Either they... Cut bait with with guys on their roster. We saw that Bradley Chubb was traded, or they give guys extension, which we saw a year ago. Tim Patrick and and Cortland Sutton receive uh, extensions, but they also do certain other things as well. Sometimes we've seen coaches relieved of their duties. So when we look at coming off the bye week, you're talking about you know the game plan and execution, and who's to blame, and you know no, saying, oh hey, maybe it's not all on Hackett. So do you think that Hackett having a, a moment or a week or two to reflect on what's going on offensively, do you think he would surrender the play calling duties to Justin Alton so he can now focus on being a head coach full time? No, I don't think so. And I, I don't know if he should. Like, the, the
0: thing is, everybody wants to give him up, give up play calling. The, the issue with that is if it goes to Justin Allen, Justin Allen's also never called plays at this level. So like you're handing it off to someone that is just as new as Hackett. Well, not even, he's even more new than Hackett because Hackett has called plays in the NFL and has done it at a, at a successful rate. So I don't like that idea. If you're going to hand him off, I'd probably hand him off to Clint Kubiak who called plays, I believe last year in Minnesota for the Vikings mm-hmm. uh, when they let the go of their OC. So I think that, that's where it would go, but I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's gonna go down with the ship here. Uh, and I think he should. Like I, I think that he should stick with it because I just don't think that it's a good idea to to hand that off at this point. Like it 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 starts things over, Nick. And I don't think you want to start things over at this
1: point. You just have to hope that you know you can figure things out. So so I guess in this case, has uh I know you you <laughs> I guess you made some comments before that made Coach Hackett seemed like uh, he was a pacifier. So you said you made the reference of going down with the ship. So that's the first thing that came to my mind is now can we look at Nathaniel Hackett as being Captain Ahab, right? Is, is he chasing his white well and he's going to eventually crash this team and, and sink them to the bottom uh, of the, the Pacific? Or will he somehow be able to turn things around? So now I'm thinking with this Captain Ahab, so every time I see him, that's exactly how I'm going to look at him until they turn these things around.
0: Yeah, well, look, I think that he's kind of these last couple weeks taken a different approach. Uh, He's definitely been a little bit more, I I would say, stern in the press conferences. And then when we talk to him, you can tell he's frustrated. Uh, And so I wonder if we see a different Nathaniel Hackett in the second half of the season where he just says, you know what, my job is on the line. Uh, I'm going to do it my way. We're going to figure it out. uh, And this is how we're going to win football games. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. We we talked to him later today. I'm interested to hear what he maybe learned or what he took away from the bye week. If there's anything that gives him some optimism uh, for the second half of the season. Uh, So it's going to be interesting, Nick. I think the second half of the season is really pivotal, not only for this year. Again, because I have no idea if this team can make the playoffs, but pivotal for this this franchise moving forward. Can Nathaniel Hackett figure it out? Can Russell Wilson figure it out? And can some of these other guys on offense and and even, even defense, can they continue to, to get better? Like this second half of the season is really important, and I think that a lot of people in that organization know that. So, uh, Nick, let's take a quick break, and then I want to get into maybe some – Midseason uh, awards uh maybe we could dive into that who's maybe some of the players that have impressed you maybe not impressed you and then also we can dive into what are our expectations what's the focus like going to be like for this team in the final nine games like we just talked about
1: let's ride with touchdown denver touchdown denver hosted by nick ferguson and george storia
0: All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. And Nick, quickly, I, I want to talk about uh, we were at the halfway point of the season. Um, and I wanted to get your thoughts on if you had to name a, a team MVP, you know, through through eight games, you said this guy has kept this team together. He's the one that's kept this this season alive. Who would be your team MVP, If you've, even if you have one? And then we'll dive into someone that maybe hasn't impressed you or, or a few people that maybe – um, have it impressed you or uh, you can even mention several guys in this team MVP, Nick, but who would you maybe say stands out to you eight games through this season?
1: Well, I mean, the, the MVP right now would be uh, Pat Sutan. And, and I know when you look at the scorecard, I mean, there's not a lot of uh, pick sixes. Uh, he's not scoring a lot, but just the fact that some teams are even taking that like Dion Sanders type of approach when they play him and not really throw at him that much because they know what he's capable of, but, you know, we, we watched that PS2 change his game right before our eyes. Some people said last year when he played that he wasn't uh, a great tackler. He was a great cover guy, but he wasn't a, a great tackler, being an all-around corner. And I think he took that to heart coming into this year, and he's kind of worked on that. We've seen a lot of games, especially going back to that Jacksonville Jaguar game. I think it was Travis Etienne that he came up and they, uh, gave him a nice little solid pop. So that was a guy, you know, that when I look at this team, and there there are a couple other guys that I can throw out there as well. Alex Singleton could be one of those guys, and I know he doesn't seem as though he would be uh, in a running for an MVP, but just think about what he did in that Chargers game. And a guy who wasn't looked at as a starting linebacker, but uh, a nice backup, plan B. But the guy's playing both special teams and he's playing starting linebacker and that is a difficult task. I know how difficult that is because I too have been in that situation where you have defensive responsibilities and you have to play a special team. So, you know, my one, a would definitely be uh, PS two. And I would say maybe a, a, a distance away would be Alex, Alex Singleton, based on how he's performed in a role that no one's really expected him to really be uh, a middle linebacker for this team.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think Sertan's the right answer. Um, I think you nailed that. The other guy that I was going to mention is Draymond Jones. Uh, yeah. He's having a really good year. Uh, and obviously there's been the talks of, you know, with Bradley being traded that kind of opens up some cap space to sign Draymond Jones to a long-term deal. And it sounds like that's something Broncos want to do. So I would say Draymond Jones, Pat Sertan. I think Alex Singleton's an interesting one because he's played quite a bit more than probably anticipated because of Josie Jewell's injury. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of him in the second half of the season as well. I think Justin Simmons, you could have an argument. I know he hasn't played a ton because he was hurt for those few weeks, uh, but the interception against Jacksonville might have saved the season, right? Like they're about to be down 14 to nothing in that game, and he comes up with just one, I think, one of his best interceptions of his career, and he's had some really good ones. I, I think that he could, he could make an argument. Uh, I don't think there's anybody on offense that I would be like, is the MVP – um, you know, I some guys have had some nice games. You know, Cortland Sutton really started the season well. Uh, I think Greg Dulcich would, would be, if you had to pick a rookie, right? And they say, Oh, they're the rookie of the year halfway through the season, it'd be Greg Dulcich. I think that he's played really well and has, has boosted this offense the last few weeks. Um, you know, I think Nick Benito is starting to play a little bit better, but um, who's maybe a guy, Nick, on the opposite side that you say, Man, I had high expectations for him. I think I, I think we probably all have the same person in mind here. We had such high expectations for this guy coming into the season. He just hasn't lived up to him yet.
1: You know, my guy would be Cortland Sutton because when I look at Cortland, big body wide receiver, you don't have uh, Tim Patrick. I felt with his experience and I guess the lack of experience or, or, or better term, lack of targets for Jerry Judy that Cortland Sutton was going to emerge as the Broncos' number one wide receiver. But we haven't really seen that as of late. Uh, why is that the case? I'm not really 100% sure, but we're not seeing a guy who is running his routes with a sense of urgency. He's not attacking the ball in the air. So whatever was the problem heading into the bye, I'm hoping that they fixed it because also when you look at Corlin Sutton, once again, you go back to his size because that gives him you know, an unfair advantage against DBs who are smaller than he is but I expected him to be a little more physical on the outside when it came to blocking on screen plays, but more importantly on run plays as well. I mean, I've seen uh, I've seen other guys do it. KJ Hamler's not a big guy, but he's out there trying to dig out linebackers and block safeties. And this is something that Tim Patrick well, was was he excelled at. George was being able to make those blocks, and it doesn't have to be a bone crushing block. But I need to see Cortland Sutton definitely pick it up. So I'm just a little disappointed in what I've seen from him thus far.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think Cortland's in that conversation. Mine's mine's Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that a lot of people would probably say that. I just – we had such high expectations for him. I mean, we were talking playoffs. and Some people were talking, you know, Super Bowl and and things like that. Like, that's the type of difference maker he was going to be. And I will say, though, I don't know how much of it's on him. It's the same thing that I said in an earlier segment. It's the chicken or the egg, right? Like how much do you place the blame on Russell? How much do you blame on, on Nathaniel Hackett? How much do you put on – I mean, we haven't even talked about the offensive line. You can say the offensive line as a total unit has been obviously disappointing this season, uh, and a large part of that is, is arguably injuries. Uh, so I think you could make an argument for almost every guy on offense other than maybe Greg Dulcich, who I think is uh, you know past expectations. I think he's playing really good football right now. I think Jerry Judy – uh, a couple weeks ago you could have made the argument for now I think he's starting to really find his stride, which could be a huge boost for this offense in the second half if he can you know start playing to a, a higher level that we expect him to be kJ Hamler is another one that I had big expectations for looks like he's maybe starting to get a part of the offense so I think you could you could name a lot of guys on the offense for this one uh, but I, I'm gonna have to go with Russell Wilson just because again his statistics and the way he's playing is just abnormal from what he's done his entire career but uh, Nick, last few minutes here. What are your expectations for the last half of the season? What I also want to say, what's your prediction? What These nine games, what do you see their record being uh, at the end of these nine games? And, and how do you think that the, the focus shifts in the second half for this team?
1: Well, not knowing the record for the team in the back half, to me, uh, I'll let you check back with me. I'll let you know after we watch this Titans game. And that'll that'll kind of give me some kind of idea of what happened during the bye week. Uh, Was the offense able to hit the reset button? Was uh, Coach Hackett able to make the necessary adjustment knowing as though he had some time? So just kind of give me a moment on that because it's kind of hard to read at this moment because I don't want to look at the the Jags game as just kind of being an anomaly and, hey, yeah, you celebrate that and not knowing how the team move forward. But for me, this should be something – of a a way to galvanize the team. I mean, obviously you want to go into the bye week with a victory and you want to use that as momentum pushing forward. But now is can the offense finally put it together? When you look at the offensive line, they're really beat up. And Lord Cushenberry is going to be out for some time. So now Graham Glasgow would be the center moving forward. I'm interested in seeing how they can kind of get that unit to gel because I'm thinking maybe it may be a more – Physical unit, knowing as though you now have Graham next to Dalton Reisler, Quinn Miners, so maybe they may be to drive guys off the ball, but I just want to see a sense of urgency. And I know before we were joking about, you know, Nathaniel Hackett and the captain Ahab, but I want him to take somewhat of a desperation perspective because when you're desperate, you're willing to try almost anything. And I want him to look at the offense in that way. What can I utilize or try that I haven't tried before? And I'm not talking about... Trick plays with Eric Salbert. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm trying, I'm talking about getting this offense into a rhythm that is sustainable. That's is something that I want to see because, from the defense side, yeah, they, they need to make sure they shore up the edges, especially on outside runs. But it's mostly the offense. Can they put consecutive drives together, do it for four quarters, not just the first half and not just in the second half, but four quarters worth of football? If they do that in this game against the Titans who played Kansas city tough last night, then I'll be able to come back to you and have a better idea of how the season will look moving forward. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and
0: I, again, this second half of the season is going to be tough, man. Like I mentioned it earlier, you got the Titans, you've got the Ravens on the road. Uh, you've got the chiefs twice Raiders chargers. I mean, it, it's going to be a, a tough second half of the season. I think, Realistic, realistically, you're looking at the best they could do is maybe six and three in these last nine games, right? That would put them at what nine and eight for the season. Maybe you sneak into the playoffs. That'd be great, right? If they went six and three, I think a lot of people would take that in the back half of the season if they can if they can somehow string together six wins. Uh, I think they're probably going to go around five and four, four and five in these last few games. Uh, But again, like you said, Nick, to me, I don't know if it's so much about the wins as it is. I just want to see the offense get better. I want to see them make improvements week to week. I want to see them be able to run the ball better. I want to see them be able to pick up more yards on first and second down. So they're not sitting in those third and longs. I want to see them score more points, Nick. I'm tired of these 12 to nine games, right? Uh, where they can't, they just can't seem to get the ball in the end zone, right? Um, you know, they make some nice plays here and there. And then they, 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 they sputter out, right? So that's what I want to see from this group. And, and I think you're right, Nick, the desperation factor is huge, right? Like I think that Nathaniel Hackett and and some of these guys are going to play a little bit desperate and that can hurt you sometimes, right? You don't want to always play desperate because uh, that can lead to doing some some crazy things. Maybe you're, you know, like you said, running too many trick plays. Like that's not what we're saying. Don't go mm-hmm. out there and start, you know, having Melvin Gordon throw the ball down the field. No, But, but you do need to start thinking like we got to start, we got to do whatever it takes to win. And I'm not saying they didn't think that earlier, but I think that they've got to have a new mindset, we have got to figure out ways to win these these close football games because the reality is, Nick. Like you look at the the first eight games, and as bad as they were at times, they're a few plays away from being a five and three football team. You know, you look at that the Seattle game, you look at uh, on the road against the Raiders, the, the overtime loss, you know, to the Colts, right? Like there's all these games that you could say, man, play here, play there, and all of a sudden this team's five and three, and it's a totally different narrative in Denver, right? So. That's what they need to figure out in these last nine games. How can, we, how can we win some of these close games? Because while they played some of these tough teams, I'm just convinced they're going to be in these games. Because I, I think that deep down, the Broncos have a good football team. They just have, they don't know how to win. And, and I think that that's what, the, that's what you want to see is them figure out, can they win some of these really close football games? And we saw it last week against Jacksonville. They put it together. They went down. They put down the drive that they absolutely needed to have. They scored a touchdown and then they, the defense turns around and comes up with the play to win the game. That's what you want to see in the second half of the season. Can they do that against some really good football teams?
1: Well, I hope that Coach Hackett, you know, this time off to look at college football and kind of get rather excited about you know the season moving forward. And down in Georgia, they have a quarterback by the name of uh, Stenson Benson. Hopefully, you know, he was able to watch some of the plays that they utilize to kind of get their receivers open and create some opportunities for those guys on their offense. But also, too, you know, just go over and give his, his buddy Luke Gessie a call with the Chicago Bears and say, well, what, what was it that you were able to do to kind of get Justin Fields going? Because we've seen Fields in the past couple of weeks look like an entirely different person, even though they added Chase Claypool. But once again, we, we saw him now running the ball, making better decisions. Maybe he was able to call his buddy, figure out a couple of things and maybe try to implement some of those same things. And in, in the scheme uh, for Russell, as they did with Justin Fields, because there's nothing wrong with leaning on a buddy to help you out. I mean, you, you may or may not have to give him credit, but that's what friends are for. Right. Yeah, well, and and the reality too, Nick. You mentioned some teams
0: there. There's a lot of teams that had high expectations this season that have just performed poorly. I mean, you think about the Packers. I mean, look how bad they've been. Uh, obviously, Nathaniel Hackett's former team, and they've they've been they've really struggled. They just lost to the Lions on the road. I mean, they're looking at a, a really bad season. You've got their Super Bowl champions, the Rams. I mean, mm-hmm. they look a, a shell of themselves, right? Uh, you've got the Bills. Losing to the Jets, obviously, I still think the Bills are going to be great. They're going to be fine, but uh, they lose to the Jets this last week. So you've got these teams that you know are kind of underperforming. You could even even make an argument the Buccaneers have underperformed this season, right, in terms of the way that they're playing. So I think that sometimes we get caught up in, in Denver, and, and I get it, right? It's 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 the Broncos, and that's all they care about here. But take a look around the league. There's a lot of teams not playing the way that a lot of people expected them to this season. So it's not just the Broncos. The Broncos obviously need to figure it out and the good teams do, right? The the best teams figure it out and they find ways to win. Uh, But I do think that there's something going on around the league. I can't put my, my thumb on it, but uh, I think that, you know, sometimes take a step back and say, man, there's a lot of teams out there that uh, aren't performing as well as obviously a lot of people thought they would.
1: Well, here's what I'll say about that is, uh, when you look at all those three teams that you name and those three quarterbacks, they have similar issues to the Denver Broncos, but it's not really talked about as frequently. The offensive line cannot protect the quarterback, and they cannot run the ball, which stifles the offense and the play action. And two of those quarterbacks have been in the system. Well, one, and Aaron Rodgers has been in this system for about three or four years. Uh, you look at Matthew Stafford, it's the second year, but they employ the same offense or version of that Nathaniel Hackett runs. So that should give Broncos fans, not, not something to say, oh, okay, well, they are failing, so that makes us feel better about it. But no, just kind of really look at the situation for what it is, George. Here are these teams that have been successful in the past running a similar scheme, but they are having issues with their offensive line, not pass protecting. And not running the ball. So it makes you look at this offense as a whole. And say okay well. Does the scheme not work. For the quarterback that you have. And when you're having issues. Like a Tom Brady. Matthew Stafford. And Aaron Rodgers. Poor protection. And you can't run the ball. Do you need to make some subtle changes. But I'll say this. Byron Leftwich made some changes. In that last drive. uh, With the Buccaneers. I mean they moved the ball down the field. And I think they had 30-40 seconds. But they move the ball down the field with quick passes, so that should be somewhat of an idea for Nathaniel Hackett moving forward as far as what he needs to do for Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah, definitely. Again, lots of guys that I mean are Hall of Fame quarterbacks struggling this year uh, around the league. So not Patrick Mahomes; uh, he looks <laughs> phenomenal uh, still. But uh, I, I will—I'll end it with this, Nick, for Broncos country that I know. Again, they probably don't want to hear all the optimism. Just At least you're not the Raiders, because uh, I think the Raiders uh, have a massive mess on their hands. I mean, you've got your best player, Devontae Adams, calling out the coaching plan and and game plan and play calling after the game. I mean, it's it's a disaster over there. Um, So uh, that's that's the one, you know, silver lining that you might have right now, Broncos fans. But, Nick, we've got a lot to dive into later this week with the Titans coming up. Uh, So make sure you guys look forward to that. Make sure you guys like subscribe to this podcast. Uh, Make sure you guys share it with your friends and, and family and all that good stuff. So we will see you guys again later this week to break down the Broncos and Titans game.